Good evening. Good evening. So good to see everybody. Let's pray. We'll read Psalm 133. I've got two or three hours worth of stuff to say, and then we'll eat. Um, let me pray. Father, we are so incredibly grateful for this space and for our family gathered here tonight. So we ask you to bless us, Lord, uh, to bless us in joy as we praise you with thanksgiving, as we glorify your name above all names, and as we are so incredibly grateful for the, the life that you have given us in Jesus. And so, Lord, uh, fill our hearts uh, just full of your grace and your mercy tonight. Allow us to be joyous people in all that we do, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 133, the word of the Lord. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, be to God indeed. It's so good to see everybody. We even set the ping pong table up outside because it's warm in November, which is pretty incredible. Um, is everyone hungry? You all ready to feast? This is our third very thankful outpost, or our third kind of friends giving for the church. And this has become kind of a wonderful tradition for us as a church body and a group of friends to come together, to sing together, to feast together, to sing together some more, to drink together, to feast some more together. And then when we're done with all that, we're going to make bags for the homeless. We've done this the last two years. We're a little bit short on bags, so we'll send some of you guys home with bags tonight, and then we'll we'll replace other bags that we're short on, and we'll um, we'll make sure that other folks who are here normally on Saturdays and Sundays get some. But basically, these are bags in there. We have socks, and we have water, and we have some food, and we have a note of encouragement, and we share a little bit of the gospel. We give these so that you can put these in your car, and when you see folks on street corners, you can give them a bag. And we've been doing this now. This is our third year, and we've had nothing but a really good response from folks that we've shared bags with and also had an opportunity to share the gospel with. So when we're done feasting, we'll uh, gather around and we'll build those, and we'll make sure everyone takes a few of them home with you tonight. And then for those of you that are here in the next couple of weeks, we'll make sure we have extra bags that you can grab um, as you run out through the winter season. And this is important because it's getting cold. We've got folks that are less fortunate, and um, we've got hand warmers too. Some of the folks that weren't able to make it tonight sent some hand warmers, so these should be really good, and I'm excited to do that together as a group. So it's a wonderful night, and we get to feast, and we get to talk tonight about Thanksgiving. And in, in previous years, I've talked about Thanksgiving, and I've talked about gratitude, and of course, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, and we're going to talk about gratitude this year as well, but, but just from a, a slightly different perspective. So I'd like us to look at Psalm 100. I'm going to frame the whole conversation this evening around Psalm 100. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. So we think about thankfulness tonight. I, I, I want Psalm 100 to be the backdrop that we think about it. But I want us to think about it with one other word in mind as we think about it, and that's the word victory. We talk about victory and being victorious at our church a lot because we are the people of victory. We are truly victorious people. 1 John 5, 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We have a victory that has overcome the world, and that's our faith in Jesus. We see 
the world that needs to be overcome in clown world or trash world and all the absolute insanity that is taking place. But we, we have a faith that is victorious. You, family, you're on the winning team, which means we should be the most thankful and the most grateful people ever. How does, you know that I don't watch the sports, but how does the big sports team, when they win the big sporting event, act when they're victorious, right? They, they carry themselves with their shoulders back and their chin out and their head high. If I stood up straight, I would probably look like that as well. But they're, they're, they're grateful, right? They're thankful. They're victorious. You see, we are those people, but we didn't just win the big game. You've won life for eternity, so we should be constantly thankful and constantly gracious, not just one day a year. Thanksgiving is great, by the way. Any holiday that involves a large amount of feasting and singing and good times, I'm a big fan of. But this shouldn't just be a one-day-a-year event for us. You see, Psalm 100 is a praise that God's love for us endures forever. And I know I ask you to think about a lot of things, but I want you to think about a lot of things. Have you ever really thought about eternity, about forever? We were talking, Chris and I were talking about it the other night, about how terrifying the thought of eternity was when we were kids especially, like trying to think out. I used to try to like think about what time was like before I was born, which is just, that's just a mental trippy kind of. And then what, and I didn't know Jesus at the time, so what it was going to be like after I died and eternity. It, it's, it's enormous. It, it should be actually be terrifying. It was terrifying to us when we were kids. It should still actually be terrifying to you as an adult. Have you really thought about this concept of forever? Because you should. Because if you don't believe in God, then all of your experience is just temporal. It's just transactional here and now. None of it actually has any real meaning. And it's just, you know, whatever you happen to do, you know, live your best life. You do you. And then things die. And then we spent a whole season of church studying Ecclesiastes, looking at the vanity of that kind of an approach to life. We know that things die and things wither away here on earth because of sin, but, but not God. God and His love endures forever. And so this is how our, our psalm starts, verses 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. You see, the whole earth is to make a joyful noise to the Lord, not just us. This is the whole earth. They are to serve Him with gladness, to come into His presence singing, and this is why we're singing people. You guys have noticed over the last like year and a half, we sing a lot more. And we're learning new songs every single week. And Chandler, I really appreciate you teaching us. I don't even know where Chandler is. I was looking. There you are. I was looking over there. You were over there earlier. <laughs> teaching us new songs and helping us learn that. And we are people that are becoming more musical because we're called to be singing people. We do this at the outpost. We do this at family worship. We do this at game night. We do this at church. I'd like to be able to do this when we go out to the pub so that we can all break out as a group and sing, Behold, Bless the Lord together, and it's going to be great. I have, I have many ideas. But even if you come in our home, what's usually playing in here? We don't have a TV in here. We almost always have music playing. It's a joyful reminder. And you know it's hard to be upset when you're singing good, joyful music? Have you ever noticed that? It's hard to be like really mad when you're like, Make a joyful noise! to the Lord, <laughs> right? It's, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult place to be. But why should we be singing these joyful songs? Well, verse 3 gives us the hint. It says, know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. You see, we know God is God. 
We don't have to worry about anything else taking God's place because we know God is God, that He made us. This isn't some cosmic accident. None of you came out of primordial goo that like 15 billion years later through something nobody could actually explain because it's impossible. You're now a person. Uh, sorry, sorry, a clump of cells. A giant talking clump of cells. No, that's ridiculousness. You're all individuals. You are alive and you're beautiful and you're diverse and you're unique and, and you're all totally different. Nobody will ever be like any of you individually ever again because you are a unique image bearer of God created by Him. Isn't that incredible? Like, shouldn't that make you smile? You were created on purpose. Everything in your life has a purpose. Everything in every one of your life, lives, 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 lives. So, it's hard to have to say all the words sometimes. Was created on purpose. None of this is chaotic. None of this is a cosmic accident. You are image bearers and you are his. You're the sheep of his pasture, which means he's the good shepherd. Sheep require a good shepherd. So he is your good shepherd. He is your protector. You are the sheep of his pasture. And so because of that, verse 4, you are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give thanks to him and bless his name. We, we come into his gates, the, the word in Hebrew is todah, it means thanksgiving. But this is thanksgiving that is like constant praise. It's a, a doxology, you know, we sing a doxology, we call it the doxology, but a doxology is just a liturgical formula that praises God. Right? So when we sing the doxology that we sing, it's a liturgical formula that praises God. That's constant praise. It's, it's praising Him in all aspects of your life, right? You enter the sacrifice of you, denying yourself. We talked about that last week. But you do this singing in His presence, giving Him praises. You give Him thanks. What it really means is that you confess to Him that you owe Him all the thanks, that He is the one that fills your lungs with air and gives us this incredible food. Like, he made turkeys. And He made peanut oil. And He made... <laughs> He made fire. <laughs> Sometimes those things can go wrong when mixed together. But when we praise Him and we constantly give Him thanks, we are acknowledging that it is hit to Him that we owe all the thanks. We celebrate Him. We love celebrating. That's why we... I wish, I wish Jared was here. Jared said that Outpost is like mini Christmas Eve every week. And I was like, it is. It is like mini Christmas Eve every week. We come here to feast and to be in joy so that when we show up tomorrow morning, our hearts are still radiating with the joy of the Lord from the singing and the eating and the feasting because even all the struggles, and I know most of you and I know most of your struggles, life is still incredible. Life is still incredible. You are blessed because you are His. And so you praise Him. You... you kind of funny, right? We bless God. Doesn't that seem a little bit counterintuitive? <laughs> God blesses us. How are we supposed to bless God? But what we're doing is we bless His name, not our names. We, we acknowledge that it is His name that is worthy of blessing, not us. And then why, verse 5 tells us, for the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. This is because He is good. This is the God that picked you from before the foundation of the earth whose love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. It never goes away because He is faithful to all generations. Why you worry? He is faithful to all generations. And that's why it's important to think about eternity. See, we're eternal people. 
new life in Jesus makes you alive for eternity. We talked about the paradox last Sunday, that dying to yourself actually provides you new life in Christ. It's really incredible. And eternity matters. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. This is Paul. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not at all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must, be put, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That is why we are thankful people. Death is swallowed up in victory. We are people who are eternally alive. You're on the winning team. You cannot lose. You can't lose. There may be some skirmishes and some battles and they look pretty bloody and they look like you might be losing, but you can not lose. The war has been won. Don't ever forget that. That's why you can be immovable and content. You see, you can be content. When you're in thanksgiving and praise of the Lord, you're content with where you are right now because that's where God has you and you accept and trust it. That doesn't mean you don't work for other things, right? You are called to work actively. But, but you aren't like working actively because you're not satisfied with what you have now. You work actively for Him, for His kingdom. You, you abound in the work of the Lord here and now, and you're joyful while you're doing it because you're on the winning team. And He's told you to go build. He's given you a great commission. He's told you that it applies to all, and He's made you His hands and His feet, and He's called you to go get to work. And you do it with a big old smile on your face because it's great. Because you're alive. Because you know it's for Him and it's not about you. And you are from Him and everything serves Him. And thanks be to God, which then gives you the victory because you're an adopted son or daughter of Jesus Christ. Why you worry? And sometimes when we're laboring, it can feel like it's in vain, right? You feel like you're on the treadmill. Like, I haven't really gotten any farther. But see, it's not that way. Our, our, our vision's this, you know, we can see this far. Eternity. <laughs> Eternity. <laughs> you see, your labor isn't in vain, and God tells you your labor is not in vain. So even on the days where you feel like it is, it's a reminder to you that it's not. Sometimes you got to keep just plodding along and doing what you do and doing it incredibly faithfully, right? Because that's how other people experience Jesus Christ through you. It's easy for people to experience Jesus through you when everything in your life seems to be going exactly the way you want it but where people truly experience the glory and the grace of the Lord is, is when things are not going so well in your life and how you respond to it when you respond in faithfulness and truthfulness and thanksgiving and praise of God Almighty because everything serves Him and He is good. So your labor isn't in vain. Don't worry about the hateful mess. I, I read something this morning. like There was a road raid in, incident in Aurora and somebody got shot and killed. You could get so wrapped up and so worried about that, or 
you can labor knowing you're on the winning team, go with the grace of God and go love the world because you're not worried. We got beeping. That means food's almost done. That means that's like the timer when the guy with the little coat hanger comes to pull me off the stage. That's almost my cue. So as I wrap up, here's the reality of this is as people who are victorious and thankful, people that are victorious and content, people that are victorious and abounding in the Lord, you have a great commission. You have a great commission. You have work to do. The world's not ending. Just let you know. No one's going to be teleported to the sky. Instead, you are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ to go do work for His kingdom right now. To love your neighbor. To love your enemy. To spread the gospel. And you're to do it with a glad heart. Because your labor isn't in vain. So don't get discouraged. Keep working. Make a joyful noise. Praise Him. Make a joyful noise at the time when you want to make a joyful noise the least. That's the best time to make a joyful noise. And praise Him. Give Him thanksgiving. Be immovable. Be immovable in your faith, but abounding in your works. And do it with gratitude. Because God picked each of you to be victorious. And each of you fulfills a unique and particular role in His kingdom. And it's intentional. And you didn't earn it. It was not on any of your merit. You didn't have to like, weigh the scales of good and bad. Actually, you could never earn what He has given you. You have no merit. And God gave it to you as a free gift. Romans 5.10 for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, and much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. We're saved. And there's so much work to be done. But it can only be done if you're in thanksgiving. That's just the reality of it. And in gratitude. And that can only happen if you praise God. We're going to talk more tomorrow about worship and about the importance of listening and the importance of worship. We are people who constantly praise God. And so I want to encourage you this week and forever to praise Him for your victory over death, to, to be able to, to joyously say just, oh, where is its sting? And then don't be afraid to get your hands and feet dirty. Go do His work on earth as it is in heaven. And then yell at the top of your lungs, thanks be to God who sent us Jesus Christ. He, he saved us from our sin. He's faithful to all generations. We are His and He is ours. And so we must be the people who are thankful and joyful in all moments. Joy is the mark of a Christian. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what allows us to be content, but also continue to abound in the work, to carry your head high, because the winning team is always smiling. You are a victor in Jesus Christ. So I pray that all of your days may be filled with your thanksgiving and your praises to our good Lord and our gracious God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing the doxology, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to start slicing into some food, and I'm going to pull the other turkey off the smoker, and uh, we're going to feast. We're going to feast so much.